Welcome to the Unrest Podcast. I'm Madeline Green. And I'm Caitlin Stancil. Thanks so much for joining us back here. We love to have you. After we did the first episode of this season, Madeline, you were talking about Return to Babylon and how that story just seemed to kind of stick with you a little bit. Yeah, I still can't forget it. Um, <laughs> and sometimes I look down at my fingers and pray I don't see long, like weird tentacles. <laughs> <laughs> So definitely stuck with me because there are sometimes for some reason I'll wake up like in the middle of the night. And of course, instantly, I don't think about something great or, or something that's happy and I can go back to sleep. I instantly think about something really terrible. And so the past <laughs> few nights, um, when I do wake up, I've thought about that stupid video you showed us pertaining to return to Babylon. And I can see like, those faces and it just really freaks me out and I don't appreciate it. So let's not do another one of those. Yeah. But you keep sharing like the photo image <laughs> on social media and I'm like, scroll past, scroll past. The lady doesn't bother me. And then the other like little short pudgy looking guy doesn't bother me, but the one in the middle bothers me. So I usually don't share him <laughs> or like the like the long fingers like those are just so creepy yeah I mean those fingers I told you about the um the conspiracy theory about like all the famous people have like these claws <laughs> I watched it in high school and was like obsessed with that and like you know the Beatles conspiracy so definitely I'm very sensitive to things. So once I see something and it really sticks with me when I wake up in the middle of the night or like I'm doing something and my mind like wanders, it instantly goes to those situations. So I, I really, I'm a little pissed about you sharing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you told me that it, it reminded me of this experience I had the other night that was kind of weird. Mm -hmm. So I too when I wake up in the middle of the night, sometimes my mind pause like real quick though. The best part though, about us waking up in the middle of the night, like I can wake <laughs> up say three, four o'clock in the morning. And I know that if I text Caitlin, she's going to be awake <laughs> and I'll be like, do you think I'm okay? And she'll be like, Yeah, you're good. <laughs> okay. Back guess, to your story. <laughs> I, guess that, I guess that's what we get for being friends for like how long now? <laughs> like 15 yeah. any, years. Any normal person gets a text from me that says, am I, am I all right? They'll be like, what the heck is she talking about? But Caitlin, she knows I need someone to be like, oh yeah, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Even if I know no other context to the situation, <laughs> she just needs a little reassurance. But so the other night I just woke up randomly in the middle of the night and when this happens to me, first of all, a weird thing about me, I don't like to look at and see what time it is because okay. yeah, you think like a certain time is spooky time and it always is. Yeah, I know. I always wake up like in the 3 a.m. hour. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> and now I will say this though. You should look up what each time means as far as your body. I don't oh. know if you knew that that's like a thing, but keep going. <laughs> I just always associated it with spooky things. So. I know. Me too. And that's why I don't check the time because I'm like, I just don't want to know. 
because then my brain will like get even more crazy. But I woke up in the middle of the night and I just had this weird feeling that like someone was there and like, yes, my husband was beside me, but he was asleep. But like on the other side of me, on the edge of the bed, like I didn't look and I didn't want to look. So I didn't open my eyes, but I just felt like I was saying to myself, not right now. I I don't want to see you right now, Mm. (laughs) which is already kind of weird that I was saying that to myself and not really like thinking about why I was saying that. Um, Cause it was kind of one of those moments where you wake up in the middle of a dead sleep and you're like half asleep a little bit. Right. You might still be dreaming a little. And I was just like, no, not right now. Like this is not a good time. (laughs) (laughs) So I kind of just like kept my eyes closed and I eventually fell back asleep. But when I woke up the next morning, I just remembered that happening and, and kind of how weird it was. And I was like, why, who did I think that was? Well, a few weeks before that, this weird thing happened where, um, I walked into our bedroom and AJ had a bottle of wine on his desk, which is kind of like my bedside table. Right. And I was turned away from it, but for some reason I like turned around and looked in the direction of the desk where the wine bottle was. And I saw the cork drop onto the table. I didn't see where it came from first though. Like I didn't see if it came from inside the wine bottle and it like popped out or like if it was on the table and it was like lifted up and then dropped, but it was, it was weird. Like it it obviously (laughs) moved from a, a a higher vicinity down to the table, kind of like someone had had it in their hand. And like, when I turned around, I caught them and they dropped it. Interesting. Cause I didn't hear a pop, like it had been in the wine bottle and it like came out or something. So it was weird, but I, I didn't read too much into it because I just don't like to dwell on those kind of things because I'll like twist it around in my head. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't say anything to anyone about it and I didn't really like spend a lot of time thinking about it. And then the other day when I was talking to AJ's mom, I mentioned it to her and I was like, you know, this weird thing happened. Um, where I saw this cork drop on the desk and I totally forgot that her dad, when he got, as he got older and after her mom passed away, they moved him into that bedroom. Right. And that's where he, um, eventually died was in that bedroom. So (laughs) I kind of think, did he like wine? Not necessarily wine, but, um, Betsy said that he liked to keep things tidy Oh, and I kind of think so maybe, he was wondering why the wine is in the bedroom. <laughs> he was wondering, like, why is the cork on the table and not in the bottle? I think. And yeah. I don't know if I turned around and maybe like caught him in the act and he dropped it or what. But <laughs> um, I don't know. It kind of I thought it was a sweet sentiment kind of that maybe he's tidying things up in there until I woke up in the middle of the night. And I was like, of course. All right. Not right now. We can't do this at night. <laughs> Do it during the day. Do it in the daytime. <laughs> um, but actually, the reason I wanted to bring this story up this episode is because the other day I walked in my office. I had gone to do some laundry and I came back into my office, which is connected to our bedroom. Mm-hmm. And I left my cell phone in here, like on the corner of 
my desk and I'd been gone out of the room for at least 15 minutes. So you know how like your phone screen will light up like after you lock it or after you touch it, it'll kind of light up for a couple seconds. Right. So I left my phone in the room. I went to do laundry. I came back 15 minutes later. And as I'm entering the room, for some reason, my eyes go straight to my cell phone on the corner of the table and it kind of like rocked down onto the desk and it was lit up Mm. like someone had just like touched it. That's interesting. I know. Isn't that so weird? Maybe grandpa was tidying it up for me. Yeah, he's like, your home screen needs some help. (laughs) We need to clean this thing off. (laughs) That's pretty cool, though. And the fact that, you know, he did pass away in that, like, in the room connecting and stuff like that. I mean, for sure. I definitely think it could be him stopping by to say hello. Because it's not an old house. No. So it would have to be, you know. That's really the only kind of sad thing connected to the house so right right that's the only thing I could imagine it would be unless there's like (laughs) a graveyard we don't know about the house was built on top of I don't think that's the case but you never know (laughs) never know well that's an awesome story and hopefully he will just come and visit you in the daytime yes during the light please not (laughs) at night (laughs) so for today's spooky story We're going to focus on Glacier National Park. Um, It is an American national park located in the northwestern Montana on the Canada-United States border, kind of like um, adjacent to Alberta and British Columbia. I've seen pictures from there. We have to go. It looks so beautiful. Oh my God. Yeah. So it says that the park is full of amazing forests. There's alpine meadows, rugged mountains and lakes, over 700 miles of trails, um, making it a hiker's dream. I know you love to hike. <laughs> I don't mind hiking. I just don't like hiking on the side of mountain faces, which is what Madeline made us do on my bachelorette party, where we were literally climbing rocks on the side of a mountain. <laughs> oh, um, a travel website says you can relive the days of old through historic chalets, lodges, and the famous going to the sun road. And what's cool, you know, about this park is I went back to kind of, before I get into the spookiness of it, I wanted to see who lived there and who could these spooky inhabitants be. So the first was um, the American Indian tribes that actually lived on the lands of Glacier National Park. There were definitely American Indian tribes. Some I cannot pronounce, but the two I can, the Blackfeet and the Salish tribes, they lived there. And then obviously early settlers like fur trappers, Anglo settlers began populating this area in the early 1800s. Some homesteaders would later become the park's actual first rangers, which is pretty cool. So sounds like a pretty amazing place. Obviously, if you look up the pictures, it is beautiful, but Glacier's hotels are also over a hundred years old. And we all know what that means, but it would make sense. It would make sense that they picked up some extra guests along the way. The Belton Chalet is one of Glacier's oldest buildings. And obviously, since it's the oldest, it is also the most haunted. Of course. However, there are many other buildings on the National Park land and lots of haunts to go along with them. 
An article called Glacier Haunted History had a lot of information about the spirits and spooks seen throughout the national park. And I'm going to share a little bit from that article. It says the historical buildings of Glacier National Park are home to a glut of ghoulish ghost stories and spooky accounts of specters that go bump in the night, which for years, former Red Bus Robert Luck shared with restless young passengers aboard his bus tours. And he says, you know, these stories are not for the faint of heart when you consider that most of them are true. To document the tales, he actually started writing down all of these accounts and made this sort of driver's manual for other bus drivers to read and share with their passengers. And most of the passengers are always wanting to hear about these haunted ghosts of Glacier National Park. Some of the stories are as follows at the lake mcdonald lodge a woman dressed in old-time clothes has been spotted by a security man and night auditor many times looking out the lobby windows that open to the lakeside veranda guests have heard a couple arguing loudly on balconies though there was no one there and a night auditor felt something run its fingers through her hair one evening And it says just outside the park's West Glacier entrance, a resident paranormal prankster named Bob, who has earned his keep at the Belton Chalet by playing tricks on guests and hotel employees, like stealing room keys and just spooking the guests. Then there was also one occasion when a woman went down and talked to like the lobby clerk because her husband was showering in their room and he turned around to encounter a young girl standing in the shower absolutely not (laughs) yeah he left for a short while um they packed up the suitcase and literally left the place and that's when she his wife went down to the lobby and was like look there's you know he saw a little girl his hair was still wet and he was like i'm we're not staying here oh my gosh that makes me think back to our very first episode and very first real life haunt talking about um oh yeah maria Maria. and she was associated with native americans kind of yeah and i just shared um her a little bit of her story on our instagram and facebook so check that out robert also says that in my lifetime enough strange things have happened that i think there is something to it it's not that just we have these vivid imaginations there have been so many experiences that i cannot explain other than there really are things that go bump in the night and not all of them are bad So he's definitely had a lot of experiences here and some with, you know, happy ghosts like Bob the prankster, which is pretty cool. A few years ago, author and paranormal investigator Karen Stevens took um, Robert's stories and actually made a book and it's called Glacier Ghost Stories, Eerie Tales, Legends and Mysteries of Glacier National Park. The reason she she decided to publish this book was also because she had, you know, a bunch of of paranormal type things happened to her growing up. And so she decided that she was really interested in the story of Glacier National Park. And so she kind of dove in headfirst to the project of, of publishing this book, but also investigating each hotel that's there. It says that she booked certain rooms at the lodges that were known to have these haunted encounters from one side of the park to another and started interviewing and um, witnesses firsthand, getting just everybody's story that could tell something that she could put in this book. 
She said that on one journey to Glacier National Park, she investigated the Lake McDonald Lodge that I talked about at first, and there were no vacancies in the lodge, so she booked a room at one of the cabins near the lake. When she arrived at the cabin, which it says it's cabin 2A, if anyone wants to know, that a ghostly smell permeated the room, and that in the middle of the night, she heard what sounded like a gunshot. What? Yeah. And so, and she had been, you know, working on her other books and, and just investigations. And it said in the morning, all the books that she had on the table were knocked on the floor. And that didn't wake her up. <laughs> um, it says, I've been fascinated with ghosts my entire life. And I still don't fully understand how something that doesn't have a body can turn a knob, flip on a light switch or make audible footsteps. Hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. At the many glacier hotels, this lady has interviewed former winter caretaker named Steve Lautenbach, who spent winters overseeing the old hotel before he died in Florida in 2008. Lautenbach was full of stories about suspected hauntings, and on one occasion he explained to her that he had been making his rounds when he discovered an, oh, this is interesting, an empty wine bottle in the hallway then noticed that the glass doors of the wine case were wide open and that one of the slots sat empty. Hmm. No guest had stayed at the hotel for months and there were no footprints in the fresh snow outside. So he goes in, he sees this empty wine bottle, like not even a full one and no one had stayed there and there was no like reason, but there was definitely an empty slot in the wine case. Ooh, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I the like ghost I got drunk. <laughs> and then it says when reporters asked him if there really were ghosts, he replied, if I say yes, then I'm crazy. But if I say no, then I'm a liar. Oh, this so makes me think back to when we went on my bachelorette party in Arizona and we went to visit the Grand Canyon. Um, yeah. Just because when we went, I can tell why so many deaths and like mysterious things happen in these oh my God, yeah. sorts of places. And so that's kind of the topic of our haunted history. Referencing this article from Forbes, it says, what are the odds of dying in a national park? Mm. Uh, they're pretty good. <laughs> Not just because of the animals and like the extreme weather conditions, um, but... As of 2007 to 2018, 2,727 visitors have died in U.S. national parks. Um, A lot of them have been natural causes, many of them suicides, and then for others, they have been accidents. Mm -hmm. And the Grand Canyon in particular, uh, like I was saying when we went there, just... I mean, you're right on the edge. You can really do whatever you want. There's no one being like, stand back. Don't go close (laughs) to the edge. And we even kind of looked up when we were visiting, you know, how many people have died at the Grand Canyon just because, I don't know, maybe it's because we don't really have places like that on the East Coast, I guess. Right. Um, Like extreme scenery, (laughs) like the Grand Canyon or even, you know, California, like their beaches are completely different than East Coast beaches. They're more right. cliffy and that sort of thing. So I don't know, maybe people just don't know what they're getting into when they 
go to the very edge of the Grand Canyon and try to take a selfie and end up falling over. Not only is it you walking the edge, there's other people too. And it's just that like distrust of, of people that I can remember when we were there, just looking at certain people, like standing by themselves and being like a little uneasy. Like, Oh, they could just push me really hard and I would be gone. (laughs) Right. And like, that's it. (laughs) I mean, so definitely kind of a, a weird thing even talking about hiking, like the hike we went on was to devil's bridge in Sedona. And I was like, I cannot believe they let people do this. (laughs) I mean, I guess like you can't really stop anyone, but there's no handrails. There's nothing to prevent you from just falling off the side of the cliffs that you are hiking along. So it's kind of wild and crazy. But it makes sense that there have been a lot of deaths and accidents and that kind of thing in national parks. Just some examples to name a few. A 25-year-old man fell to his death at Glen Canyon National Recreation Area in Arizona. And then when authorities recovered his body, they found the remains of other hikers who had also fallen off of this steep height. Mm. And then others have died while climbing in Glacier National Park taking pictures in the Grand Canyon or snapping selfies in Yosemite. And then there was even a young man who was boiled to death in a thermal pool at Yellowstone. Oh, geez. So national parks may be beautiful and, you know, a great life experience, but uh, they could also take your life very easily. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you think of like, I mean, more recent news would be like Gabby Petito and yeah that type that's another way to look at deaths in national parks or people who want to murder somebody it's a great area to dump a body and you know likely they will never be found because they are so kind of vast and there are areas that are not easy to get to yeah yeah for sure I mean I think you saw with that case Gabby Petito if it weren't for the other visitors to those parks who had video that captured the van or just like remembered little details and called those details into authorities they probably never would have found her body and that's yeah. probably what he was hoping to be honest oh i'm sure um and just talking about all the deaths in national parks so one thing i do want to reiterate is that national parks are very safe um i was kind of joking earlier about just how likely you are to die in a national park but you know, that doesn't go without saying that people have died in national parks. Um, a lot of them have been preventable accidents and injuries. <laughs> this is kind of interesting. It says, while poisoning is the number one cause of preventable injuries in the U.S., it is only the 10th largest cause of death in national parks. Hmm. And then another is animal attacks in about 12 years with 3.5 billion visitors Only eight people have been killed by wild animals. And then it says the most dangerous national park. If you do want to avoid one, it might be the North Cascades National Park in Washington State. It says this mountainous park is known for snow slides and avalanches. So they don't have as many visitors per year as a lot of the other parks. They only have about 30,000. But their death rate is much higher it is at about 652 per 10 million visits 
So that's more than six times higher than the second deadliest, which is Alaska's Denali National Park. And it just kind of wraps up and says that, you know, really the biggest contributing factor to deaths in National Park are just people being reckless and again, not aware of their surroundings and just being kind of careless in how they move around the national parks and, and, and what they do. So if you're going to a national park, again, they are relatively safe, but there is a chance that you could die in one. Hmm. Um, be aware of your surroundings, know what you're getting into. And yeah, you should be fine and not have to haunt the national park for the rest <laughs> of, your, of your days. <laughs> but if you do die and do feel like haunting it, we'll have you on the show. <laughs> Call us from the grave. <laughs> so for this episode's real life haunt, I talked to Holly Dozier um, about some experiences that she's had. And what's interesting about her experiences is they have all been while she was in college, not when she was younger and not now that she's gotten older. It was all experiences from college and there's quite a few of them. So take a listen. All right. So for today's real life haunt, I am here with Holly Dozier. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you. How about you? Good, good. So kind of take us through some of your haunted stories. Um, I would say that the majority of my haunted stories come from when I was in college. Uh Um, you know, for some reason, maybe that's when I was like more open to it, but, um, I would say that's the majority, uh, of the period of time when I had the most experiences. Was it kind of where you were at in college or (sighs) just different places? Uh, it was different places, um, but it kind of just happened within my like college years. Mm-hmm. Um, so a few experiences that I did have, um, I was a freshman at the time. Uh, I went to a college in Connecticut, um, and I was living in a freshman dorm. And on the first floor, that's where the guy's floor was. On the second floor was the girl's floor. Um, it was around lunchtime so I got back from my class and decided to go across the hall to ask my friend if she wanted to go to lunch with me so I walked over to her door um it was nobody else was around I knocked on the door and I heard a girl in my ear say hello Mm. and I thought and I quickly like turned around like because I was expecting someone to be next to me and there was nobody around um so I was like okay that's kind of odd but then I thought well maybe maybe she's saying hello from like the inside and like hey you know like open the door right so I tried tried the doorknob and it was locked and then I like looked through the peephole and it was black like there wasn't a light on inside Hmm. so then I thought well maybe somebody's playing a prank you know like they ran by me and then they like kind of hid uh you know down the hall or something and so I kind of walked down the hall and like there's literally nobody around like I am the only one upstairs right um so I'm like okay that was odd and I just went back to my room and didn't really think too much of it well later that night this friend who I went to go ask if she wanted to have lunch with me asked me if I wanted to go um down to a different dorm and see the RA um the resident assistant who used to live in our dorm Mm -hmm. that night and I was like yeah sure let's go you know let's go down there and, and hang out so we go down to his dorm 
and we're sitting in his room and he's just like, Hey, you know, like how is everybody's day? And I was like, you know, the weirdest thing happened to me today. Like I went to go, you know, ask Heather if she wanted to go to lunch and knocked on her door and he was like, did, did a girl whisper in your ear? And at that point I was like, Whoa, Oh my like, goodness. Um, how would you even know that? Like how would you don't even live here? Like how would you even know about this experience? I right. told absolutely nobody. Um, and I'm like, yeah. And at that point, like the, all the hairs on the back of my neck are standing up and I'm like, Oh geez, like, what is this? And he's like, yeah. Um, she used to come and talk to me mm. in my room. She would sit on my bed and she would talk to me. And I was like, Mike, I don't want to hear this right now. Like right. you don't have to live in here anymore. I have to live here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, he, he told me about that. And pretty much for the rest of my freshman year, I slept with like the blanket up around my head <laughs> and like uh, around my ears. So like nothing could talk to me at night. And I never had any other um, experiences with her at least talking to me and nothing that I can like remember happening you know that would have been like sort of weird or paranormal um with specifically her um and of course I remember one time some friends and I we were like hey let's try the Ouija board yeah you know at that point we're like hey I was like let me ask who this girl is like why is she targeting me and Mike and of course, you know, you can take this with a grain of salt, but she was, this person entity came through and they were like, because you remind me of my brother and sister, mm. that's what came through. And I was like, okay, but please don't come and talk to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good, but. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's great. But please don't, don't talk to me anymore. Um, so, I mean, again, that, that, that happened to me in my freshman year in college um in my dorm um, now is this a more historical type campus i mean not really i mean the the dorm that i lived in was built in like the 60s mm-hmm. so it wasn't like it wasn't old by any means there were um older there were older buildings on campus but this was not one of them I got and as far as like campus lore like i've ne- never heard of anything happening within that dorm so I don't know I don't really know why she would have like stuck around right in a dorm room it could be exciting at times I guess but yeah (laughs) it seems like an odd place for sure that's crazy another thing that happened I think I was maybe a junior or a senior in college and um, I was kind of couch surfing at the time. I didn't really have like a, an apartment or a, a dorm that I lived in. And I um, decided to stay with one of my friends who had an apartment. And her house was built in the 1800s. Mm. Um, and it was like a duplex. And she lived on one side. And going there, I never had any like weird feelings about the, the place. But um, I slept on her couch. And I remember one night just it was late I mean who knows what time it was like two three in the morning and I just like woke up out of my sleep and above me I could see like this ghostly man Mm. and it was like 
he could, he was transparent, but you could see his features and he had like a round face and a beard, um, and like little spectacles and like, like spectacle glasses. And like, he was just looking at, he was just like looking at me. I did not see a body, nor was I really looking for one at the time. Yeah. But (laughs) I wouldn't be. I was like, okay. And I just, again, (laughs) pulled the covers over my head and I was like, oh my gosh, please don't be there. Like when I wake up. Um, but that was the only time in that house that, that I ever saw anything. And I, I'm guessing that I told my friend and she was like, well, I've never experienced anything, but I don't know that nothing ever came of that. That was the only time that I ever saw that apparition uh, face in that house. Another time, again, I, this is college and I guess it was probably like my sophomore, junior year. I had a boyfriend and his father his father and mother were divorced and his father lived alone in this house that he grew up in and he wanted to go to his dad's house one weekend. And I was like, okay, cool. Let's go to your dad's house. And as soon as I walked in that house, I was like, I don't like how this feels like this Mm. house is not good. And I I would tell him, I'm like, if you go to the basement or if you go somewhere else in this house, like do not leave me alone in this house. Like I do not like being alone in this house. Right. I didn't know, I didn't know why, but like it just gave off a really bad vibe. Mm. Um, and he kind of just brushed it off. He's like, ha ha ha, whatever. Like, you know, I grew up in this house. Like I never saw anything or experience. I'm like, okay, well I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, one summer he was going to move back into the house over summer break. So he was fixing up his old bedroom. And I remember going over there with him to help like pull wallpaper off the wall or something with him. And we decided it was late. So we decided to spend the night. And that was literally the longest night of my entire life. Oh no. I could hear we were the, I guess his dad was home, but he, he slept downstairs and we were upstairs and, um, I can just hear in the middle of the night walking up and down the stairs, doors open, shut, like walk up and down the stairs, like Hmm. down the hallway and over and over and over again. And I'm just expecting like this thing to like pop through the door to come and get us. (laughs) And I'm just laying in bed, like paralyzed, like, I just want the sun to come up so we can leave and go home, like, somewhere else. And only Again. you heard him that night? Yeah, only I heard that. Hmm. And he was, like, dead asleep and didn't hear anything or experience anything. Right. But I'm like, I'm not going back in that house again. Like, if you want to go, I will, like, <laughs> sit in the driveway, but I'm not going back in there. And he's like, okay, fine, so maybe like the next week he went back to finish whatever, you know, he was doing with his room. And when he came back to, to wherever I was, he's like, well, something really weird happened. And I'm like, okay, see, I told you what what happened. And he said, I'm putting together this TV cabinet and, um, it had like a glass door on it, like an old, like nineties cabinet with like a glass door. (laughs) And, um, 
he's like, I went to go get it and I turned around and it was just hovering. It was just hovering over the floor Hmm. and then it just fell. I'm like, um, yeah, never, I never want to go there again. Yes, you Um, can stay there for summer, but I'm not coming to visit. (laughs) Yeah, I am never going there. And then he proceeds to tell me that his dad casually mentioned to him how when he's sleeping, he sees this giant shadow figure standing in the doorway watching him sleep. And I'm like, nope, nope, nope. Yeah, and no. I told you. I was like, I'm, t- I'm telling you there was something there. Like, that, there is something not good there, and I never want to go there again. No, yeah, I don't blame um, you. It, it, I mean, even, like, driving up to that house, I can remember, like, you just felt like something was watching you, like, pull in. It was just a creepy place. And I don't really know why. Like, it was, it probably was built in the 40s. So, again, it wasn't, like, insanely old but um yeah it just had some crazy stuff that happened there (laughs) wow I wonder what Uh, made you so like susceptible during your college years like I wonder if you became more open or what yeah I don't really know I mean maybe it's you know just an age thing and a just how I wasn't ever close to it I don't think um I don't, I can't ever remember being a child and right. ex- having experiences like that, but I was never not open to things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it just was more heightened in those, you know, those years. Hmm. years for some reason. I mean, there was another time that I was driving from my boyfriend's house to my house which was kind of far it probably was I'm gonna say like 40 minutes away and it was late and and I'm driving home and I'm on the highway and it's um foggy so I wasn't going super fast but you know it's late I'm trying to get I'm tired I just want to go home right and in my headlights I saw a woman on the highway in front of my car and I thought that mm. I hit her and mm. I was, I mean, it freaked me out. I'm like, Oh my God. Like I just hit, you know, like hit somebody. And it, yeah, I don't know. It, I saw her as this woman in front of my car and in the mist and I, there was nobody there. Wow. <laughs> there was nobody there at all. Yeah. I would have freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like, Oh my God. You know, I was kind of like, drowsy at that point but after that I was like wide awake like oh my gosh what in the world did did I just hit somebody what happened (laughs) that's amazing that's funny and it just kind of faded away after college I think so I mean I still really like that stuff even in our neighborhood that we live in now we have a slave cemetery Mm -hmm. um in our neighborhood and I'm like ooh. That would be interesting to go. Right, right. <laughs> go and, like, you know, just hang out. I don't want to hang out by myself there, but, you know, maybe with somebody. Well, it's really cool that, you <laughs> know, happens. you're still interested in it. It's not like you're closed off, and it's just, it was just something during those years that brought yeah. things to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, although living in, I live in a brand new house now, but I have, um, at the time, my daughter was maybe three. And 
we were driving by a church and she's like i saw two little kids two ghosts in my room last <gasps> night and mind you she had never like heard of a ghost or like right talked about it or anything and i was like okay um what about them like what there were two and she's like yeah there was a a little boy and a little girl and they they came to my room and they wanted to play and I'm like great (laughs) great (laughs) I think honestly that sometimes would scare me more than seeing them myself is so like a small child telling me that (laughs) and a child who is not watching like scary things like ghost related things or cartoons with ghosts or like you know anything like that so I'm like okay mm, okay oh, that's interesting and then I would ask her occasionally like did you see them again or like and she'd be like no I think they all if they ever came they only came once wow, <laughs> but, wow. <laughs> well thank you so much for sharing those stories with us yeah no problem I wonder what it is about age that might you know make us more sensitive at a certain point in our lives to the paranormal you know right and I think um just looking back to my college experience I will say that it being in college opened your eyes to different um ways of thinking that maybe you didn't think you know when you're when you're young you're with your parents and you kind of tend to think exactly how they think and then when you get older you know after college, you do use some of that same education from college, but you, you figure out other ways to think as an adult, but college kind of is the first time that you're really open to thinking, however it is, you really want to think. Oh my God. Yeah, definitely interesting. Um, and I appreciate her for sharing that story with us. Yes. And if you have a story to share, please do. We love to hear them. You can email them to us at theunrestpodcast at gmail.com. Definitely check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Also, give us a rating. If it's a good rating, give it to us. (laughs) Maybe we'll give you a shout out on the next episode. But only if it's a good rating. (laughs) And until then, unrest unrest in peace. peace.